Hey guys, uh, welcome to another Sessions on Life. Uh, today, we are going to be um, discussing um, engaging with God. If you guys have been uh, keeping up with this particular topic, we are, um, we are in week, we're in episode three or session three um, of God. You know, the very first week we did uh, the nature of God. The second week we did uh, the power of God, which would have been last week. And uh, this week we're doing um, engaging with God. Um, you're probably noticing that Josh isn't here today. Um, he's actually on a fatherly and husbandly duties. Uh, is um, actually celebrating his daughter's birthday, and I <clears throat> admire and respect that. That's you know, it, he's just a solid father, solid husband, solid yeah. man of God. So he's like, hey, I think I'm gonna hang with family. So um, he's wishing his daughter a wonderful, amazing uh, birthday, and praying that God grants her many, many, many many more prosperous and fruitful years and that she will continue to be a blessing and a joy um, to her parents and to her family as a whole. Um, but I'm really excited because I have my brother back by popular demand, <laughs> Pastor Bishop <laughs> Jeremy Taylor here. Uh, um, Jeremy's a church planter, uh, founder and pastor of Level Up Bro. Dude, thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate uh, you being able to show up on such short notice. It's good to be here, man. I'm, I'm always excited about uh, chopping it up and sharpening iron and being sharpened. Amen. 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 So, um, you know, today's topic, basically, uh, we're actually going to be discussing, um, we're going to be discussing, um, engaging with God. All right. And, you know, as our, as, as our typical practice, we usually say, Hey, let's just go ahead and jump right into let's it. Let's do it. So, um, and as we have done with all, you know, the, uh, the, the first two episodes is, I think it's important that we just preface this with letting you know, you know, I think just about all the mysteries and all the things about our faith, um, it's not it's not possible to exhaust it. But mm. when you're talking about God, I think when you I think when you're talking about God, it's just essential to say, "Hey, listen, caveat, warning, mm. whatever you like, this is not exhaustive at all." You yeah. Know? And um, you know, when I was praying, I was just thinking, how do we even approach? Um, you know, the, the topic of engaging with God. And um, what dawned on me was, I think, you know, one of the most, the most important things is, is faith, mm -hmm. right? Um, Hebrews, um, Hebrews 11, uh, mm -hmm. verse 6, right? mm -hmm. it says, Now without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists yeah. and that he rewards those who seek him. You know, so I think the most important thing about, I mean, ultimately, that's the very definition of engaging with God, seeking him out, mm -hmm. right? Seeking him, seeking to know him, seeking to walk with him. And and faith is essential. I must believe, you know, to, yeah. I mean, just to actually even consider engaging with God requires that you believe that he exists. True. But even more than that, but that you believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's, okay, I'm going to seek God, but I'm also motivated by this truth yeah. that I will receive that which, that which I'm seeking for. Yes. As a matter of fact, I'll receive beyond even what I'm imagining. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, so I think one of the, I think the first element of engaging with God um, is faith. How, how does that hit you? I think it hits people on various levels when you, um, have so many things in life that challenge your ability to have faith in what can't be explained. Yeah. It's easy for uh, the Christian who's been in it for a long time um, and actually reached a point to where they truly believe in him. Yeah. Um, but it takes time. And I believe a great marker of that is the ministry even of Jesus with his disciples um, whenever you uh, look at it, he said to them, you have little faith. Right. They still had yet to believe on him yeah. or believe in him. Yeah. And so a lot of times we don't get the picture of the disciples who are walking with him, not yet accepting him. Yeah. And it really took time, three years and then some, uh, after he resurrected to finally look back and reflect and say, you know what? He really was who he said he was. Yeah. But it took a lot of encounters. It took a lot of experience. It took a lot of um, getting it right, getting it wrong, wrong yes. asking questions, yes. uh, being engaged. So when you start looking at how faith affects you and how it hits you, it really is a timetable that we yeah. don't understand. Yeah. 
It's a God thing. That's why it says someone can water, someone will plant a seed, but ultimately God gives that increase. Um, I thank God for my increase, but I can't fast forward someone else's. I can't get frustrated when they don't believe in what it is I'm saying, even though creation uh, is a great marker of who he is. Um, Even though there are personal experiences that you have that you can say, man, only God could do this. But does that mean that you believe in the God of the Bible and the son, Jesus Christ? We all can say we believe in there being a, uh, a divine creator, a higher authority, Allah, God, whatever you want to say, but it really where the rubber meets the road is whenever you accept his son, Jesus Christ. So um, that faith piece, it's easy to put faith in a lot of other things. Exactly. Other than, than God. Yeah. I, I have faith in this, podcast. I have faith that it's being recorded. Right. I have faith that the person behind the scenes is making sure our mics sound good. Like I trust all of that. Right. Right. But it gets difficult when you start talking about having faith in God. God yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I think, you know, it's in Romans it says, you know, cause someone can be hearing this and thinking, well, you know, I want to engage, I definitely want to engage with God. Um, how do I get faith or which is mm-hmm. of course, you know, really resonates with what the apostle said, you know, Lord, give us more faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, scripture clearly confesses of itself. It says, faith comes from hearing mm-hmm. and hearing comes from the word. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I love that because, so what that saying to engage with God, right? The very, to engage with God, I must start with his word. Yeah. It, it is in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's, it's not, hey, it's just coming to the Bible, Mm-hmm. And saying, I want to learn. I'm like, mm-hmm. so, you, so you're not in a place of belief yet. But, hey, you know what? I, I want to study. I want to hear the claims of Scripture. What exactly are Christians saying? I want to hear it. And that's, that's where you come into this interaction with the Word. Yes. right? And if you're walking in truth, if your desire is really truth, then faith, then God and His sovereignty and His mercy start to give faith or i think even with believers right those who already believe already but you want to engage with god at a higher level you Mm -hmm. know um which simply simply meaning you know you maybe you want you want to grow in holiness you want to be you want to be more passionate you want to be a more loving person you want Mm -hmm. to grow in patience whatever it is i mean scripture is very clear we grow from glory to glory into the image of christ so there is a growth Right. Um, Jesus Christ says that the Father seeks that we produce fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And when we produce fruit, he trims so that we can produce more fruit. So there is, you know, the, the, the idea of growing in engagement or growing in relationship with the Lord, with the Lord is very clear in Scripture. Mm-hmm. But how I do that is by growing in faith. Mm-hmm. And the same way it occurs for the non-believer Mm-hmm. Is the same way it occurs for the believer. It's yeah. coming back to scripture, studying scripture. And as I study scripture, right, I hear. And as I hear, right, as I'm understanding and learning, I'm growing in faith. And as I'm growing in faith, I'm starting to, you know, I, I'm like, this is the start mm-hmm. of engaging with the Lord. If you do not have faith, you cannot, I'm like, dude, if you don't have faith, the idea of engaging, of being in any kind of relationship, Mm-hmm. Right or any kind of venture with the Lord is, it's impossible. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a non-start. I'm like, you have to have faith. Yeah. Even the Christian. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and for the Christian, you have to grow in faith. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be at the, you know, I think about uh, when the author of Hebrew, of Hebrew says, hey, at this point, you guys should be teachers, but you were still dealing in the elementary things. I'm yeah. like, we should be growing in faith. And that comes from having, you know, um, a Bible reading and a Bible meditation and a Bible doing discipline, right? Yeah. I'm reading it, I'm meditating on it, and I'm doing it. I'm like, that's how we grow in faith. And we start to find that our engagement level and our interaction and our experience of the Lord grows ri- you know, rich, richer mm-hmm. and deeper as we engage on that level. So um, here's a question for you. So, you know, how, how has your faith grown? I know that's kind of general, but, you know, in, in what areas do you see yourself growing in faith? And how does that affect your, um, your engagement with the Lord? Faith um, grows in the incubator of trial, test, yeah. 
persecution, drama, stress, <laughs> hurt, yeah. whatever yeah. you want to categorize it as. Yeah. It is a picture of Moses being a leader, you being a part of this congregation where God's bringing you out of uh, Egypt because you've been tied up, enslaved or whatever you've yeah. been enslaved to. And the first experience or encounter that you have once you've decided that I'm going to actually engage with God yeah. is this red sea before me, everything else behind me looking like I'm I never should have made die. this decision. Yeah. <laughs> and God, where are you at? Yeah. And then he uses that as an opportunity to grow That's your great. faith. Amen. Because it has to be tested. Yeah. It has to be exercised and stretched. Yeah. And then the more that you continue to be persistent and say, I'm going to uh, walk this out. I'm not yeah. going to give up. I'm not going to retreat. I'm actually going to, I'm going to rely on God to do what only he can do. Yes. And then you see that he's capable, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And so then you begin to say, you know what, if he did at that time, let me try to seek out Amen. this God yes. that I'm saying I believe in. So now I'm going to spend more time uh, developing my circle of those that have the same faith. I'm going to spend more time with, with the word of God. Yeah. Even if I'm, if I'm yeah. reading and I don't understand yeah. a thing that I just read, oh God, show it to me, me somehow. Yes. Let someone come to me and explain it to me. Let me see something while I'm driving. Let me hear those little whispers of you actually Amen. revealing to me what it is that I don't even know that I just read because this thing called the Bible is difficult to understand and interpret. And, and as he does that, um, you begin to grow. Yeah. And then he goes silent. Right? He, he's answering prayers in the beginning. He's there almost like when you're an infant and your mom hears every cry and your dad is always coming at every moment notice. And so you develop this, this desire to cry for no reason. Yeah. And then he understands, if I'm going to get you to trust me when you can't trace my hand, I've got to go silent. Yeah. And those little lessons that I gave you along the way that I, that I saved you out of, now I want to see you walk in trust. And, and, and so then it moves. And all from, of that, all of this is growing. This is just faith. the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> this this just stays what? I love it. Right. We're not talking about when you get to the point to where God is causing you to do something that you never saw yourself it's capable doing, of yeah. doing, but he's telling you and tugging on you. And it's like this strong unction that you can't shake to just do it. Bro, I appreciate it. Yeah. Step out. Yeah. You know, it, it's Abraham. I want you to go to a place. I'll show you when you get there. Just start walking. <laughs> I have no idea what this place is. This is all foreign territory because you've told me to leave everything I'm comfortable with. Yeah. And now you want me to do what? So there's no marching orders. Yeah. There's not really a blueprint. But after you get to a point to where you've shown that, God, you have all of my faith. Yeah. Right. This is Abraham about to slay his son, Isaac. Yeah. Now that I know you really trust me. OK, there's a ram in the thicket. But now everywhere you go, everything you see, that is going to be how broad your reach is. Yeah. That's going to be what your seeds look like, yeah. because now I know you won't withhold anything from me. And that's when he got the promise. And so it's trying to get to that point to where I have really sacrificed everything that's connected to me. And I've said, God, here I am. And now that I'm here, what would you have me to do? And, and that's a scary place. Nobody ever said it was, it was simple. Um, this is the tightrope walk with no net underneath. Yeah. Like if I fall, it's over. Yeah. But that's what faith is. You know, I, I, I love that you use that analogy of a tightrope. And, you know, speaking about how faith, I think the way you said it is, you said trials mm -hmm. and drama, the incubation of faith. I really like, I like that statement. That's another t-shirt right there. You know, <laughs> trials and drama, faith's incubation. I love that. But, you know, I, what I've, you know, because I, I think about that statement and I think back to times when I've gone through trial and drama mm -hmm. and something that, I, that I've consistently see, seen is for myself and other Christians is generally whenever we're going through a crisis or trial or, so, you know, or a test, that's when, at least for me, I found I find I I find myself going back to scripture 
and there's this challenge. It's almost like it's almost like this. There's a wrestle. Am I going to believe what the word of God says? Am I going to believe what the word of God says? Or am I going to find a way and try to work this thing and tweak it right? Or am I going to believe? You know, whether it's a test of provision, am I going to believe God's going to provide? Yeah. You know, if I'm looking for a job, am I going to put up my application? But am I going to believe that God's going to get me a job? Yeah. Like, am I? You know, I'm like the word. The word says this. And, you know, inside you're panicking, but then you come to scripture and it says, don't be anxious. And yeah. then I have to choose between panicking mm-hmm. and not changing anything. You know, I'm like, I'm panicking, but that doesn't change my situation. Or actually, give, you know, telling myself, rest, breathe, have peace, because God's got it. You know, so am I going to choose to not be anxious? And what I found is when you come through those trials, mm-hmm. Right, and you held on to the word to the word of God. Mm-hmm. You see this increase yeah. in your faith, and that that affects how you now engage. Mm-hmm. Because you know you like you know, it's like it's literally your faith has been incubated. Mm-hmm. Right, you were in this you were in this place of trial and testing, mm-hmm. and all you had was God's word or mm-hmm. God's promise. And you're going back and forth. Am I going to believe? Am I going to believe? And I go, am I going to believe? And then you come through. And you see that God was faithful, and mm-hmm. that causes you to grow in your yes. certainty of His person, of His faithfulness, and now you're engaging with Him mm-hmm. on a new level than you know, on a higher level than you were yeah. prior, uh, prior to that experience. So yeah. I, I love that idea of of understanding um, trial and test and drama as incubators of faith when coupled mm-hmm. with His work. You know, with His yeah. work. I really, I really love that. I think, um, you know, another, you know, another element for me that when it comes to engaging with the Lord is having an inclination for truth. Yeah. Right. I'm like, because here's the thing, you know, and, and it's very consistent with what you're talking about faith, you know, that drama and trial being an incubator of faith. It's if you're not inclined to truth, you mm-hmm. can't engage with God because the minute you come to God, you're going to see yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm like you. I'm like, you know, I'm like you can fake, but the truth is your life is basically laid bare mm-hmm. before Him. Yeah. So are you going to try and hide, or are you actually going to be, you know, true? You know, yeah. I love um, you know, the way Jesus says it. Um, let me see here. It says it in uh, John three twenty one. Right. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, "Well, I'll read for. I'll, I'll read from. Uh, let's hear." John three twenty one, starting from nineteen, Jesus says, "This is the judgment: the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than the light, because mm-hmm. because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, mm-hmm. so that his works may be shown to be accomplished." by god yeah so i'm like you know you look at that scripture and i'm like it, it clearly lays it out the hey listen you're trying to engage with god you're trying to encourage with, uh to interact with god i'm like you have to have this inclination to truth you have mm-hmm. to be a person who loves truth you may not be spiritual but you just have to you know i'm like that has to be your inclination you have to be able to honestly say hey you know what i may not believe this thing but i'm so desirous of truth that I will research it, that I will, mm-hmm. I will seek it out, I will investigate it. Bec- why? Because your love of truth. And then when you do see the truth, mm-hmm. what do you do? Yeah. Right. Um, so I think, you know, engaging with the Lord, it's so essential that you be a person that's inclined to truth because you're going to see yourself. You know, kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, talk, I mean, um, actually, Jeremy and, Jeremy, and I, <laughs> Jeremy and I actually had lunch today and, you know, we talked about, you know, one of the things we discussed was what happens when you're going through trial, right? And Jesus shows you something about yourself. Now, I'm not thinking, was it Jeremy? I had this conversation with him. It may have been someone. I don't know who I met today. But in this conversation, the, the idea was I thought I loved God mm-hmm. more than I really did. Mm. Kind of like Peter's experience where you know, mm-hmm. Peter says, Jesus, yeah, man, I'm going to die with you. I'm going to go to jail with you. And Jesus says, hey, listen, you know, before the cock crows, you would have, you're gonna, you would have already denied me three times. And mm-hmm. this happens. Peter remembers and he breaks down crying. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons that Peter cries is not just the fact that, 
it's not just the fact that he had betrayed Christ, but it was he realized in that moment that he did not love Jesus as much as he thought he mm -hmm. did. That there was a clear, that there was a big gap between his perceived love mm -hmm. and his actual love for the Lord, and that crisis revealed, yeah. <laughs> right? That crisis revealed his actual love yeah. versus his perceived love, and I'm like. I think a lover of truth, when you go through that kind of a crisis where you discover that you had this idea this, you, that your perceived love was way larger mm -hmm. than your actual love for the Lord, you go through a crisis like that and it can break you. Definitely. And if you're not a lover of truth, the tendency is to deny what you have done or to either turn away from it mm -hmm. right and i'm like so you're walking in darkness you 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 know you refuse to admit that you have betrayed the lord mm -hmm. or that you have not been as you know passionate for jesus as faithful for jesus as you thought you were yeah and i think but i think what we see with peter is that peter was restored by the lord mm -hmm. number one but that peter was humbled and broken because he could admit it like, you know, mm -hmm. he, he hated it. It broke him, but he was humbled and mm -hmm. struck down because he could admit that, man, I don't love Jesus mm -hmm. as much, you know, I don't love Jesus as much as, as I thought I did. Mm -hmm. Now, Jeremy, so I, you're a church planter, you're a pastor. How do you, how do you convey that? You know, how do you convey that to the people you shepherd that, hey, you know, there's a there's a difference between your perceived love for God and your actual love for God. And you need to be inclined and hungry for truth so that when you see it, you respond in a way that increases your um, your engagement and your interaction and increases the depth of your relationship and intimacy with the Lord. How do you how do you how do you how do you convey that to your people? I think there's levels of transparency personally as well as scripturally. Right. So when you when you preach it properly, people don't feel like you're above them. Right. Or even these characters in the Bible who were living it out, out were above them. Because in all actuality and without fear of contradiction, I can honestly say the only one that's above any other human being was Jesus the Christ. Amen. So when Amen. I see Peter, if I preach from that text, I can identify how this tragedy, which was life-threatening, could have caused him to turn his back on God and even become an atheist, if you will. And so um, what you see is, there are, there are some people when something so bad happens, they pose the question, where is God? Yeah. Uh, how come he didn't yeah. stop it? If there is a God, if he is God, why would he allow this to happen? Um, well, even with Peter, you'll see that he thought he had this love that he didn't. That it didn't rock. Now, yeah. It was told to him that he would deny him. But that didn't mean once it happened, I mean, you still saw him walk away and basically give up. Yes. So <laughs> everybody has that yeah. propensity to walk away, give up, yeah. throw in the towel and say, I've let God down. And this letdown right. was major. I don't know that any of us have gone to the extent that Peter did. Right. This is the son of God about to be crucified. And he said, I'm going to ride with you to the end. Yeah. One thing that you can't do, you can't shake me from being right there with you. Kind of like Elijah and Elisha, I'm not going to leave your side. But as I'm tiptoeing from a distance, I've already distanced myself. But now I'm tiptoeing from a distance and I'm watching these things happen. And then someone has the nerve to call me out. <laughs> Why weren't you minding your own business as opposed to calling me out and saying, hey, you're one of them. Now I got to act out. Now I got to prove that I'm not what okay. I said, what everybody knows me to be. And so whenever you really convey that, people can see that all of us have this back and forth with accepting who I am in God. 
okay. even in the midst of peer pressure and the moments that I fall short from that. But being excited that people can realize you've obviously been with him because you talk like him, act like him, look like him Amen. and move like him. Right. So why deny it now? But if I do mess up and do something that's ultimately a denial of who I say God is, that does not mean that I love him any less. That just means I've fallen short from the mark, which is the very definition of sin. I yeah. miss the mark, whatever that looks like. And so um, conveying that, what do you do when, when your perceived love of God isn't what your actual love of God is? Well, once he reveals to you that your perception is off, take it as a learning lesson, right. a stepping stone, and then say, God, how do I grow in my love? Yeah. Because I thought I was here. But you have to have, um, you have to make sure that you're in a place where you have reasonable expectations yeah. for your walk. <laughs> Don't go trying to walk on water. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? right? Peter did that. It's not time for you to go yeah. to a swimming pool yeah. and start walking off the diving board and say, I'm going to walk on water. Yeah. You're probably going to fail yeah. because we're not trying to reenact yeah. or recreate what they did. Whatever God is dealing with me on, that's what I have to move to. Because in the book of Acts, when Peter was challenged to go see Cornelius at his household, and these were, um, you know, these were proselytized. These were yeah. people that were believing in Jesus Christ, but hadn't gone all the way as far as to be circumcised. They were Gentiles, so you were not supposed to be around them. Peter's being challenged to do something that nobody else is being challenged to do. And so now, once he's done it and he's done what God told him to do, now all of a sudden he goes to Jerusalem and the council's like, man, we heard you around <laughs> those, those uncircumcised people. Like, yeah. what in the world were you thinking? So sometimes the growth comes in, God putting something in front of me, that either has never been done or I never thought I would do. Yeah. And again, this grows your faith Yeah. because this is brand new. I, I consider Kurt Franklin stomp when I was a kid. I'm telling my age. But to do that and make this song, when everyone would look at him and say, man, you've lost your way. Yeah. But now those are the same ones that are singing some of his worship songs and have him yeah. now in their pulpits yeah. preaching and teaching yeah. and everything else. And so there are moments when people don't live up, yeah. right? I think Kurt Franklin got in trouble for what he was saying yeah. to his son on a private phone conversation. But I love how people didn't really judge him. It was kind of like, well, you know, hey, um, that happened. But he also owned up to it. Definitely. Right? He also owned I, I think, you know, I think I love that you bring up, you know, bring up that, uh, that particular incident because I think that's, that, uh, that's a good illustration of what it looks like to be inclined to mm -hmm. truth. When this very private moment, very private conversation was publicized, um, and I can't imagine that happening to me, that would be extremely embarrassing, mm -hmm. right? He was able to humbly come out and own up to what he did. He said, hey, you know, there, there's a story behind this story. There's a history behind this. But I can own up to the fact that what I said, especially as a Christian leader, mm -hmm. um, having a platform that I can own up to the fact that what I said was wrong, mm -hmm. right? And I think... It, it takes a love of truth yes. to be able to own up like that because yeah. we, you know, we, can, we can recount incidents where there have been Christian leaders who have been called on the carpet for their errors or for their sins when they're publicized. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to owning up, double down. right, they either double down or deny. Mm -hmm. Either way, what you're showing yourself to be is someone who despises truth mm. you want to remain in the darkness you want to keep you know you want to keep your error hidden yeah. but this guy admits i i definitely shouldn't have said that but i was angry and it was you know it was personal and you know yeah. my emotions were at this level you know defcon defcon yeah. nine or whatever but it's a beautiful but, thing because exactly. that's what light yeah. is yes. light exposes, exposes those dark dark yes. areas so why wouldn't i own up to it oh. so i can be more in the light right and that that's and I'm like, and that's when you know that's that's that level of interacting with the Lord. I'm like yes. that you're engaging because you're in this yeah. place of brokenness, you're in this place where your stuff is on front street, mm -hmm. but you're more caring about truth. You know, um I wanna read a scripture. It's um, okay. Isaiah chapter six. Okay. Right. <laughs> um in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. 
and the throne of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy is Yahweh of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. Mm-hmm. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, mm-hmm. for I am a man of unclean lips, mm-hmm. and I dwell in the midst of a, of a people of unclean lips, mm-hmm. for my eyes have seen the king, Yahweh of hosts. But in the in the context of our conversation, I love that scripture because this is what this is I this is what happens to Isaiah when he comes into the presence of God. And I think the truth is, I'm like I think that's what, I'm like that's one way you know you are having an encounter um, with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's when you see mm-hmm. your fallenness mm-hmm. it, like it's when you, you know, it's like when you see your wretchedness <laughs> and your response right yeah. but i'm like you know because i'm like whether it's when you're reading bible the bible whether it's when you're praying whether it's when and i think here's one that we 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 tend to struggle with with when we are confronted lovingly respectfully and sensitively by another brother or sister in the lord mm-hmm. What is our response? If we, if our response is, woe is me, I see myself. I'm right. I'm like, you've just had an encounter mm-hmm. with Jesus. Yeah. And whether or not you're a lover of truth well, is going to be made evident in that moment based on how you respond. Yeah. Right? When a brother confronts you or, with, or when a sister confronts you with sin, right? How do you respond? Do mm-hmm. you say, "I am the I am the one. I'm so sorry. Forgive me," or do you respond, you know, in a different way? Do you try to cover up? Do you try yeah. to deny? Do you try to blame someone else? I'm like that will determine how your engagement and interaction level and in- intimacy with the Lord, how you respond to truth, mm-hmm. determines. Mm-hmm. Right determines mm-hmm. how your interaction and intimacy with the Lord. So to be to interact with Him, I'm like you've got to be a lover of truth yes. because you come into God's presence or God encounters you. Something that at least for me has always happened in my encounters with the Lord, whether it's in Scripture study or in times of prayers. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I am faced with the truth of who I am, yeah. and where I go with the Lord, and that is always determined by how I respond. Do I respond in truth or do I back away mm-hmm. from the truth? You mm-hmm. know? So, um, yeah. But. And I think it, I believe it to be scriptural because God pursues us all the time. Yeah. And, and when we can put that in the proper place, we see anyone confronting us with truth or calling out a shortcoming right. as God getting my attention, yeah. not that person. Yes, if, exactly. if I can read Ephesians yeah. and say that, you know, um, there are spiritual principalities and, and wickedness at work behind a person, so it's not them. I need to use that same principle whenever that. it's God yes. challenging me to truth. Yes. It's not them. It's they're being troubled by God and God is using them. The prophets were constantly waking up the people to their errors. The book of Judges is a perfect depiction of yeah. what we see in modern Christianity, in modern society. Yeah. We do well for a while, then we get comfortable after we're out of our, our situation, and then we forget about God. It's got to bring somebody else up to yeah. get our attention. We get back in track, on track rather, yeah. we get comfortable, and then we're all of a sudden we drift. Yeah. And we're comfortable in our mess. He's got to get us in a situation where we need to get out of. And then he's, we're crying out to him. He's got to yeah. send somebody else That's to tell us. Exactly. That yeah. is the Christian walk. Yeah. And if we can't be that transparent to say, there are areas that I get myself in situations in my life. Yeah. And God's got to get me just like he's got to get but, you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I think in, in the shepherding process, 
it's not this depiction of being perfect, but it's it's a depiction of I'm we're all frail we're all, and yes. fall, flawed. Yes. We've all yes. fallen. Yeah. And 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 within our our makeup is the very nature of what's wrong with us. Oh, yeah. And so like Paul, I have to discipline myself daily. Yeah. It's a daily work. Yeah. And I don't always get it right. Some of you have heard me not get it right when I may have pushed a joke too far. Yeah. That's still just because it was a joke doesn't mean that I didn't fall short. Fall short, exactly. So there's yeah. still no perfection there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it, it may have came out in a in a business meeting and I got frustrated because yeah. this is what I want to happen, but maybe those alongside of me are like, man, we don't need to move on that. And and perhaps I'm like, we're doing it because I'm the pastor. And then it comes apart. And then yeah. it's like, yo, I got to come back to my team and say, yeah. you know what? I apologize. Yeah. I didn't listen to your counsel. Yeah. This might be a private setting. And so realizing that uh, as, as shepherds, as pastors, as leaders, as those that are more mature, whatever you want to, however you want to look at it, um, we are the vanguards of uh, walking out what the faith looks like and growing even in our flaws. Yeah. And if, if, if we can be 100% and say, no, I, I didn't get that right, even if it's the small yeah. things, other people can see that as, man, he's identifying yeah. things in his life that are sin that I would never even thought was a yeah, sin. No. So, I, I mean, I love everything that I love everything you've said. My, my pushback, my one pushback is where you said um, those of us that are leaders, those of us that are mature. I'm like, um, I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. I'm like, no, it's all of us that are Christian. I'm like, you need to hear that what he just said. Yo, we I'm like, that's not for leaders. That is for everyone. Well, because I, no, I will, you your original question was, was okay. how do you uh, as a pastor, say that to, a, you, right, a pulpit. Right, to your pulpit? So okay. that's what I was You're saying, okay, sweeping okay, that under. I'm yeah, sorry, that's how this I, is how I, this is how I would address deliver that. It. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I was because I was But I was, you're right, it's for I was, everybody. I was about to be like, yo, no, 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 that's powerful and it's scriptural and it applies to everyone. I love that you're a pastor and you owning it for yourself. But I'm like, hey, we all yes, need sir. to own that. Because the truth is, you know, I'm like, I have to be a lover of truth mm-hmm. to be able to come back to people and say, hey, you know what? Um, I handled that wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Leaders should leaders should definitely be the ones to model that. Yeah. But that's the whole idea of modeling. I model so that everyone else yes. sees how it's done, so that they can do it right. Um, I, I, I just I think that that is huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And you know, something I said earlier was, hey, you know, as a Christian, when I'm confronting my brother with the mm-hmm. truth, right? I want to confront him prayerfully, respectfully, sensitively recognizing my own mm-hmm. um, infallibility. Yeah. Right? Sorry, no, recognizing my own fallibility. Yeah. Not my, <laughs> oh God. I know what you meant. I'm like, Father, forgive me. No, no, not my own infallibility, my own fallibility, right? Recognizing that, so coming in humility. But some, something that I know from experience, and I've heard people say, and I've been guilty of myself, is when someone comes to me, someone confronts me with truth about you know, about how I've handled something or something wrong that I've done, but they don't come in humility, mm-hmm. right? Or, the, you know, they come at me. Mm-hmm. And typically what happens is I respond negatively, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and, I, and, I, and, what I, and what I've been guilty of doing mm-hmm. is using their attitude or the incorrectness, <laughs> the incorrectness of how they approached me, even though what they had to say was true, mm-hmm. their attitude Right, the way they came at me now determines whether or not, right, I received that truth. Now, some people might be hearing this and saying, yes, I, that resonates with me. Don't be coming at me like that. I'm like, you know what? I know how it feels and I relate, but that should not be determined. Mm-hmm. If you're a lover of truth, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. how the truth is delivered should not determine how you respond. How you respond is determined by the fact that what is being delivered is truth. God will deal with that person, right? Later on, you could actually even go to that person and say, hey, bro, you know, I really appreciated what you showed me. Thank you so much because I didn't see it. But can I just, you know, can I just just let you know next time when you don't be out of weight like that? Don't be out of weight like that. (laughs) But, but 
but but but what you know what I found is you know like I'm repeating myself. But what I found is right. Sometimes, more times than not, mm-hmm. how truth is delivered to us mm-hmm. affects how we receive it. And I I'm, and to me, that speaks to the fact that to some degree we don't love truth the way we should, <laughs> right? Because I'll tell you this: if someone um, gave me a brand new MacBook Pro. Okay, just letting you guys know, I would like a, a brand new MacBook Pro. <laughs> but no, if someone gave me a brand new, a brand new MacBook Pro, I don't care what you're wearing when you're delivering the MacBook Pro. I don't care the gift wrap. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a brand new MacBook Pro. I'm like, yo, you could, you could give it to me out of the box. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking that MacBook Pro mm-hmm. because it's brand new. I'm like, what that speaks to is. The fact that I really want mm-hmm. a MacBook Pro. So I don't care about presentation mm-hmm. and I don't care about who's delivering it. I don't even mm-hmm. care about when you're delivering it. You bring that MacBook Pro to my house at 3 a.m. while I'm deep in sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wake up, give you a big, huge hug and take that MacBook Pro. Why? Because I really want the MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. right? And I think the same should be true for truth. Mm-hmm. If I'm truly a lover of truth, mm-hmm. then how it's delivered it, it would it be helpful so from as a christian if i'm delivering truth especially when it's confrontational to, you know to hold someone accountable i do it respectfully and sensitively mm-hmm. but when it if if it, if that truth is being delivered to me i need to recognize hey ubi you're a love of truth so when yeah. truth is being given to you you're receiving a gift yeah whatever that person's motivation is god will deal with that mm-hmm. right but you need to be inclined to truth because yeah. that will determine your interaction and your engagement, yeah. um, your engagement with the Lord. I just thought, I'm like, I just think, and you started laughing because I, I, so I'm guessing that you're like, yeah, I know. You're probably thinking, I know some people like that. Well, right? for me, it's a thing of, I realize that those moments when someone uh, may come to me frustrated. Right. I can identify that you're frustrated and you're frustrated with me because I've fallen short in your sight. Right. So now it's coming out in that way. Anger. Because, man, I, I looked at you here. Here, right. And so now I can't believe. So now my delivery isn't 100%. And so that's one of those moments. I look at everything as being teachable. I'm still going to own up to what my error was. Yeah. But then I can say, almost like your delivery right now that could cause me to increase yeah. my sin yeah. not listen yeah. retaliate and then not want to deal with you yeah. but i receive it but all of our approaches they could use some tightening Sometimes, up yeah yeah so, and i think that strengthens the bond yeah. but I, some of the stuff i get honestly from my father like i'm just right. wired this way yeah um he is great in confrontation and, and always has great answers. So, uh, and I think this is an example of why you need to be in your heavenly father's Father presence. Rock. That's good. Because yeah. when you're spending time with him, you understand how to receive criticisms yeah. and not take it personally, but to appreciate and value it. Yeah. But then how do we all grow from this? Because I don't want to see you fall off, walk away. Or, or be discouraged. Right. So how do we all reconcile this? Because I have some reconciliation work to do with God, but how do I reconcile this relationship too? Yeah. So so whenever you um, are, are tapped in with God, you can be like Moses, yeah. right? You know, you brought us out here to die. What were you thinking? <laughs> Moses is still focused on God. God right. Stand still. See the salvation Amen. of the Lord. <laughs> Like y'all think I did something yeah. wrong, but this is where God led me. I didn't even ask for this job. <laughs> so, um, one one other scripture I want to read, um, you know, just to segue into our last point is um, it's a uh, First Peter, yeah, First Peter's uh, chapter five mm-hmm. it says, um, starting from verse one, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares. 
and the glory about to be revealed. Mm. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, mm. as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, mm. not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Mm. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mm. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Um, verse 5, God resists the proud, but mm. gives grace to the humble. I think, it's, I think it's essential in seeking to engage or to have interaction or intimacy with the, with the Lord. It's essential to actually recognize yes. the necessity for of humility right because mm -hmm. i'm like if you and, and i'm like this scripture it actually says god resist the proud yeah so i'm like if you if you if, if you're seeking depth of intimacy if you're seeking interaction with god if you're seeking to grow in your faith and in your interaction with one another mm -hmm. um humility is essential mm -hmm. i'm like if you don't have the humility you know the, the holy spirit through peter's telling us just listen God himself will resist you. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, so before, you know, I'm like, if, in this quest of engagement with the Lord, of interaction with the Lord, mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, you, you need to just, just pack humility and make yeah. sure, you know, you have a good measure of it with you because it, it's going to affect everything, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and the more you engage with God, the more humble you are. You are. Yes. Like he Absolutely. really exposes yeah. So much, and you get to a point to where you don't even want to offend him at all. Yeah. So you find yourself saying, "Lord, forgive me for stuff," and people are like, "What in the world?" Yeah. And and you're like, "Man, you know, I just want to be right." Right. Like, Amen. you don't get it. As in, right with him. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to do yeah. anything that is yeah. going to be displeasing to him. Yeah. I just want to make sure my heart is pure. Yeah. I want to make sure my mind is pure. Yeah. I want to think. I want to make sure my hands, because I've read these yeah. things. Again, I've been engaging in the word, yeah. and the word is is the the main resource because it keeps us grounded on what God is like, oh, as yeah. well as His Amen. expectations. Amen. And so, I need to spend time, adequate time, not just reading yeah. the scripture, studying yeah. the scripture. Because if I'm just reading, I'm still not getting the nuggets yeah. that are there. I'm not getting the lessons. And I, I would say, you know, you know, you talk about being grounded. I'm saying, hey, you know, just remember that to be grounded, you've got to stay low. <laughs> I'm, like, that's, I'm like, that's humility. Yeah. It's not, humility is not having an inferiority complex. It's knowing who you are in Jesus, mm -hmm. right? But staying low. Yes. That's what Jesus did. You know, Jesus doesn't, Jesus referred to himself as a meek and lowly mm -hmm. but he did not he, he never denied that he was the i am that i am yeah he never denied that he was the messiah yeah but he was meek and i'm like that's what humility is it's yes. knowing who you are knowing the power and authority that you walk in but you're not vaunting yourself exactly you're arrogant you're actually staying low and you know? and he washed the disciples feet, feet. exactly like there's there's nothing yeah. more hum, hum, uh, humbling than humbling that than that yes like that's Absolutely. the epitome of uh, humility yeah. at that time frame, which exactly. is why Peter's like, man, yeah. you got to wash my feet. Yeah. Like, dude, listen, if I don't wash your feet, you can't wash my whole body. Right. Like, but that's the mentality. I love Peter for that. Yeah. Cause he's like, man, Lord, don't stop my feet then because I want to be want all, of all exactly. exactly. So yeah. whatever it takes it. for yeah. me to be who you want, want me, me to be, be. Yeah. I want to be consumed with that. With that. And yeah. so, um, you, you learn, um, God teaches yeah. you a lot in this faith journey yeah. and and a lot of it makes you extremely uncomfortable yeah. and people will never understand it because it's an intimate relationship between you and him Amen. only those that have walked in what you're going through know what it looks like and say oh yeah i know yeah. this I, I can hear this because i've been there, been there yes and and yes. that's perfectly fine but for those that have not been there it might be time for you to be quiet because you can't really understand what I'm going through. Yeah. I don't need hypothetical opinions. Yeah. I need more truth. truth. So, so that's why God has other people go through situations that you've gone through 
because they can help you walk through that situation. But people are like, um, you know, the Christians have the highest divorce rate, da 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 da. And okay, you that's true. But for someone in true, the world, I'm like I don't know that it's true, well, but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to argue well, with I you. Well, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I'll yeah. I'll yeah. I'll go with you on that because I don't yeah. know. I haven't, I haven't I looked at the statistics. Yeah. That's what they say. I don't know who's claiming that. But yeah. Um, but they talk about how that's they've got one of the highest divorce rates. Yeah. Okay. So these individuals who are still Christians that have gone through this divorce can help those in the world who are going through that and navigate that yeah. and see how God still works in the midst of it. Like so, God never leaves any stone unturned, so that we can be a resource to those who are walking through it or coming out of it. If we're all just getting it right, how will they listen to us? No Christians ever been to the club. No Christians ever been in a fight. How you gonna tell me? Like you just can't relate to me. Your your voice has no credence because you haven't experienced anything that I have. But I th I think you know when we look at Jesus, you know I think here here you know you're talking you're talking about helping. You know the outsiders, those that don't believe. Um, I think we see that we see the model in Jesus. You know, mm -hmm. here is the man with here is the man with the answers, mm -hmm. and he comes lowly. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think, I think, you know, I, I think we live in a culture, and with the way the world does it is, if you are, if you're the one with the answers, if you, if you're the one with the resources, if you're the one that can make things happen, you come in with a certain level of uh, mm -hmm. pride. And mm -hmm. arrogance, you know, because you're the you're the go-to person. But yeah. we see Jesus Christ coming with life, with the solution, and He comes humbly, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, you know, again, that's and and this is a man who is God in flesh. Yes. He has been with the Father. He's here yes. to do the Father's will, and yet He's walking in humility. And I think that speaks again to the importance of you know the important role that humility plays yeah. in maintaining healthy connection and healthy interaction and intimacy yeah. you know with the lord i think it's huge so um guys i think we'll we'll end on this note okay. but um you know three you know like uh you know just discussing interacting and intimacy with god and uh, you know the three elements we mentioned are faith mm -hmm. if you're going to approach god you must believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him um, you got to be a lover of truth, yes. right? You have to be inclined to truth, um, desirous of it. You have to be a lover of it. And then finally, you have to be humble, right? Mm -hmm. um, because God himself is humble, mm -hmm. but then also God resists the proud. Yeah. So if your goal is to connect with him, you obviously don't want to be resisted. So you know that, mm -hmm. you know, you come in with humility. Um, guys, we really appreciate you. Josh will, Josh will rebuke me if I fail to say, um, <laughs> hey, make sure if this has been a blessing with you, make sure you like it, you share it, you subscribe. And um, I'm missing something. Uh, but you, you guys get the point. <laughs> hey, we really appreciate you, Jeremy. Thank you so much again thank for joining for us for this me. episode on such uh, short notice. Guys, we love you and uh, we pray that God blesses you and keeps you this week. Um, looking forward to um, being with you guys again. Uh, next week. Thanks and God bless. Thank you. Good to see you. Bye-bye.